I'm Nancy Showalter, and you're listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect podcast. Welcome, all radical paradigm shifters and creative change makers. You who dare to create a better life and a better world, tap into the power that resides within you and use that power for constructive change. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome to today's episode. I'm delighted to introduce today Craig Merriweather, who has been described as a wake-up call, giving people the tools and information they need to energize and revitalize their lives, enabling them to end self-sabotage and create the life of happiness. Craig is also the author of the best-selling programs Mind Mastery Blueprint and Depression 180. And he comes to us today with his personal story of how he overcame depression. And he's talking about the five requirements for change. Craig, welcome. It is great having you here with us today. Thank you, Nancy. I so appreciate you inviting me on. Well, Craig, you know, you say you've struggled with depression for a long time. Can you share with us how you overcame and and turned that around in your life? Yeah, it, uh, depression was uh, a big, uh, big shadow in my life for a long time, uh, about 25 years. And it seems really odd to say that because you think at some point you would notice that uh, you're, you're struggling like that. And it just, it became just a pattern in my life. It just became who I was, feeling like that day after day, week after week, year after year. It becomes the being of who you are. And um, it just got to the point where one day I woke up and I said, I can't feel like this anymore. I don't want to go uh, another day. And it wasn't that all of a sudden uh, things got happy and wonderful. I was actually thinking that maybe killing myself might be the best uh, option because I just couldn't fathom doing another 20, 30, 40 years feeling like that anymore. And I, I woke up one morning, uh, and I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you go to bed with a problem and the next morning you wake up with a solution, but uh, I, I woke up uh, one morning with uh, a way to kill myself that would you know, work. And as I thought about it over the week, it, it kind of frightened me because I thought it was a really good idea. And, uh, and then it finally hit me that you know I couldn't do that to my son. My son was about seven or eight at the time. And I just couldn't come up with a, a, a way that my wife could explain to him why his father disappeared, that it wasn't his fault, and set him up, not only with these triggers of, of me disappearing and not being in his life, but maybe have some sort of uh, uh, depression, could have some sort of genetic switches that get thrown. Uh, I just couldn't set him up like that. And I thought at the very least, if I could find my way out of depression, I could give him a toolbox if that ever occurred in his life. And so that he became my big why. Uh, why do I need to get out of depression? I need to get it out, get out for him. And so it just became this huge project of figuring out what depression is, uh, how do you get rid of it, uh, does that automatically mean you're happy once you get rid of depression? 
and I just started researching everything I could I could figure out, uh, get my hands on. Um, and after uh, after a while, it took a while. You know, I'm I'm dealing with 25 years of of neuron patterns, uh, pathways in my head, and uh, and uh, but as uh, as you may know, you've heard the expression neurons that fire together wire together. Uh, neurons that don't fire together don't wire together. So you can actually reprogram your mind, so to speak, uh, by creating new thoughts, by creating new emotions, by creating new physical habits. And that's what depression was for me. It was a habit. It was a habit of thinking. It was a habit of uh, emotions. And once you start creating new habits, the old habits disappear. And I, I remember waking up one morning and just thinking, you know, I don't feel depressed anymore. I don't feel that heaviness. I don't feel that darkness anymore. I feel happy. And I've, and as I traced it back, I've been feeling this way for a few months. And I realized then that what I was doing was working. didn't mean I didn't have bad days, but it meant that there were more good days than bad days. And as, you know, I made those neuron pathways stronger and faster and stopped dealing with the old thinking patterns, the old emotional habits I was in, I became faster at, at dealing with those angry thoughts and, and depressed thoughts and turning myself around. And I was, it was this one day I was, you know, going through a, you know, what am I going to do with my life kind of thing. And my wife, Christina, she was saying, well, you know, you have all these methods that you researched and looked at that have scientific backing. You know, maybe you can start talking to people because you're not the only one. And what I found really interesting is I kind of, started stepping out there, because that's a hard thing to say, is just to kind of start waving your hands, hey, I'm depressed, or I used to be depressed. But as I started doing that, people I knew would come up to me and say, yeah, me too, you know, for a long time. And and I, it's all around us, this, this depression, this anger, and I, I just don't think we know how to deal with it properly. And so it gets stuck, and we start looping these negative thoughts. There's really uh, no reason other than you're doing it on purpose to feel that emotion after 90 seconds. Once it gets created in your head, the chemistry, it should just flow through your body in about 90 seconds. So if you're, you know, if something makes you angry, something makes you fearful, something makes you stressed, something makes you happy, even to continue that emotional chemical flow, you have to do something to keep it going. So you have to start looping those thoughts. You have to start looping those angry thoughts. So if you turn onto the highway and all of a sudden you realize traffic stopped and that gets you uptight because you're late for work or you're late to get home or you just want to get home and all of a sudden that stress builds up and, and that cortisol starts flowing and the emotions of, of anger and, and irritation start flowing, you got 90 seconds and then you can just, it just kind of gets flushed out your body. If you're still angry 15 minutes later, half an hour later, you are replaying those emotions so you can get that chemical high of anger, of depression, of sadness. And you start looping that, and all of a sudden, one day becomes uh, two days or, or a week, or, or all of a sudden, you find yourself in this state like maybe I did, where you're just kind of sad and miserable, not feeling good all the time, because you've practiced those habits of thinking and feeling over and over again, sort of like martial arts. If... Um, you need to get your body into a, a, a habitual 
state where somebody throws a punch, you automatically know what to do. You can't think about it. The punch is coming too fast. You have to automatically have your body react to that punch being thrown. So what do you do? You practice over and over again. Sort of like a, a Karate Kid. If you see that movie from the 80s, uh, Mr. Miyagi had uh, Danielson uh, wax on, wax off the cars. He's waxing all those cars. He was painting the house. Why? To get the habit of that, uh, the moving those uh, hands like this. So when Mr. Miyagi started throwing punches, he could block those punches. He already had that trained into a system. So let me ask you, what are you practicing for every day emotionally? What are you practicing for every day mentally? Are you getting annoyed just on the drive to work because you know you have that stupid meeting or you have to deal with those clients or you have to deal with the employees or you have to deal with your boss or whatever, and you're walking into work in an annoyed fashion? Um, we all know those people at work or in relationships, family, or anything. you just kind of avoid them because you know they're always in a bad mood. And it's because they have trained, they have practiced over and over every day, week by week, month by month, until it has become a habit to feel like that, to be triggered by traffic, to be triggered by uh, the uh, you know customer who's yelling at you on the phone, or to be triggered by these other events, to be annoyed at your children because they forgot to do their homework Sunday night at 9 o'clock. And these emotions, these triggers throw these emotional switches for us, and it's because we've practiced over and over and over again. And it comes to the point where if you aren't happy with the results you have in your life today, it's because of what happened yesterday and the week before and the month before and the years before. So if you want tomorrow to look different, you have to start making some changes today. And if those changes might require you to move out of your comfort zone, so Wayne Dyer once said that if you want to make some changes to your life, you're going to have to make some changes to your life. And moving out of that comfort zone might make you uncomfortable. But that's the kind of thing you have to work towards. That's why I love about your, your time about helping people take inspired action. You have to take that action. And we're going to talk about the, the five requirements for change. One of them is taking action. And you have to make that decision that you don't, and well, here's number one. Here's the number one thing, requirement for change. You have to get irritated. You have to get irritated with where you are in your life. And that's what happened to me. I was irritated to the point where I wanted to take myself out. And uh, luckily, I found a big why not to do that. That was going to be a really bad permanent decision for a temporary problem. But I came up with a why as to why that was a bad idea. But I was irritated enough to want change in my life. I couldn't take another day of feeling like that. So I got irritated. And then I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision that I was not going to be depressed anymore. Now, you know, unfortunately, that it just everything just didn't turn out to be rainbows and unicorns right after I made that decision. But I made the decision. I made the commitment. And that meant not just trying my best and hope everything works out. If it's not, oh, well, you know, I tried my best. No. You make a commitment, and sometimes you have to do whatever it takes. It's like what Master Yoda says. Do or do not. There is no try. You know, do you want a different life? Do you want a better life? Do you want a happier life? Do you want a more successful life? Okay. 
here's what you're going to have to do to get it. Well, you know, what are you going to say at the end of the, the week, end of the year, the end of what? I tried, but it didn't work out. No, you keep going until it gets done. Um, there was a, uh, a woman um, in Florida, an elderly lady, and she was one of these incredible people who she picked up a car and moved it off her grandchild, something like that. And um, one of the guys I was following, I can't remember his name, and I apologize to him for uh, not remembering his name, but he was a personal growth uh, person. He was into that stuff, and he was trying to get in touch with this lady to find out what was it about that situation that made her get the superhuman strength and move this car. And she would ignore his calls. She would uh, not talk to him. She wouldn't re respond to his letters. And... He happened to be in, in the area for a workshop, so he decided to look her up and just knock on her door. So he knocked on her door, introduced himself, and being the kind woman that she was, she invited him in. They kind of had this relationship of letters and, and missed phone calls, so she knew who, she, who he was. She invited him in, and they, finally the conversation got to what happened. And she said, I don't like talking about it because I, it makes me wonder what I could have done with my life. If I have this much potential in me to lift a car, I'm, you know, 70 years old. What could I have done in my life? And he says, well, your knife's not over. What, what is it that you'd like to do? She says, well, I always wanted to be a geologist. But, you know, growing up uh, in, the, uh, in the times that I did, you know, the choices weren't, weren't uh, very many. You know, nurse, teacher, stay-at-home mom. Uh, couldn't be a geologist. So, well, why don't you be a geologist now? There's a college down the street. You can go take some classes. Like, I'm 70 years old. And he says, true, but in three years, you're going to be 73. And at 73, you can either have a degree in geology or you could be a woman who wants a degree in geology. So she went to college. And after she got her degree, she actually started teaching classes at the college and had a wonderful time. So you got to ask yourself, make the decision, what is it that you want? Have that vision that she did. Uh, I want to be a geology teacher, and if it takes me three years, it takes me four years, then that's what I'm going to be. If it takes you a little extra longer, so be it. But if your vision is that you want this thing and you've committed to it, then you will have it. If you've committed 100% to having this goal in your life, and you will do whatever it takes to reach that goal, and... Forget any sort of deadline that you try to impose upon yourself. What are the chances of you achieving that goal? Probably 100%. So, so far, we have, in the fiber karma change, we have, you need to get irritated at where you are in life. No change is going to happen until you get irritated. You need to lose the weight. You need to bump up your career. You need to uh, fix your relationship because you don't like where it is right now. You've got to get irritated. Then you have to make a decision and make a commitment to that change. But you have also, the third requirement is having that vision. Just like the elderly lady with the vision of wanting to be a geology, uh, or have a geology degree, and then she became a geology teacher. And so creating that vision is your big why. You know, I wanted out of depression, and my vision was that someday, if my son ever was in that same position I was, I could hand him a toolbox and say, here you go. Here, let's work through this together because you don't have to feel like this. Don't wait 20 years and, and then decide to do something about it. Your emotional base is, is there to kind of clue you in as to what's going on. So you need to have that vision, and then you need to take action. And that's why I love this telesummit, taking inspired action. It's right there uh, when you begin this. 
uh, your, your interviews. You need to take inspired action. And that is so important because the new light's not coming knocking on your door. You know, and I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. You have to take action and not just go to the gym once, once uh, or twice and then you think you're going to be healthy. It's you're going to take action to get in shape over and over and over again. And then you just don't even stop. You just you keep going. And so you have to take that action. And, you know, just because you plant the seeds doesn't mean you're going to get, uh, you know, the vegetables and the tomatoes and, and the uh, peaches on your peach tree or something. You have to plant the seed, then you have to water it, then you have to put nutrients on it, and then you have to weed uh, constantly. You have to look out for the bugs and all this stuff. And then in, what, three, four months, you, you will have your tomato plant. But just planting the seeds and walking away probably not going to do, do you too well. So you're going to have to take action to get what you want. And then the fifth thing is you're going to have to have patience with yourself. You know, you could put some arbitrary deadline on yourself that in six months you're going to be this, that, or the other thing. But what if it doesn't happen? Then what? Do you give up? Remember, you've committed. You've made that commitment not just to do your best, but to do whatever it takes to get what you want. Then you're going to have to have some patience with yourself. I mean, so what if it doesn't happen in six months or nine months? What if it takes two years? Is it worthy enough to spend two years of your life? That's what it took around me to finally get to that point of, and I was doing a lot of self-help kind of stuff and doing it on my own, but, and it, maybe I, you know, reached out and wasn't such a guy about it and thinking I had to do it by myself. I, I had to have some help. Maybe it would have been faster, but I had a goal, and I wasn't going to stop until I reached it. And, the, the, you know, there's a strand of bamboo that grows 13 feet in a week. But for seven years, it's growing roots underground. And so, yeah, you might see these people around that they all of a sudden, they just seem to, like, make success out of nothing. But I'm guessing they've probably spent the last five, six, seven, ten years creating those roots. So then all of a sudden, when opportunity knocks on their door, they are ready and they're ready to go out and, and conquer the world because the, the, the opportunity showed up and they were ready. So you got to get irritated. You have to make a decision and a commitment about wanting to change. You have to have a vision of what you want your life to be. You have to take massive action over and over and over and over again so you can form those habits. And then you have to just be patient with yourself. You know, uh, so, so much of our issues, I think, are just due to the fact that we be, it's become a habit to think and feel like this. Just like Mr. Miyagi and the wax on, wax on. It's like we've conditioned our brain and our mind and our feelings to feel like this. You know, if you practice over and over every day to be angry at traffic as you're going to work or to be uh, miserable because you just hate your job or to be irritated at your kids, guess what? You're just going to start making those neuron pathways in your head faster and stronger. And so when those things get triggered, they're just going to fire, they're going to, and they're going to, the wiring is going to grow stronger, and it's going to be easier to get angry. It's going to get easier to be depressed. And 20 years later, you're going to face a really hard decision maybe of, of you know, not wanting to live like that anymore. And so you can, you know, 
make a bad choice or you can decide that it's time to stop. And today is the day that you're going to start making the, your future tomorrows look better. You know, want some change in your life, you're going to have to make some change in your life. And if you don't like the results you have, it's just because of what happened yesterday and the week before and the year before. So I, I, can't, I can't explain how, how different my life is from that, you know, that one day I made that decision. And it, it, uh, it's been such an amazing amount of work, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I feel so so good. I mean, to be that miserable and that unhappy and not know it and not understand that it life could be better, just to think that, you know, that's the way life is. This is as good as it gets. And blaming other people and blaming, you know, my parents or blaming my brother or blaming uh, the town I lived in or the job I had or you know, the government or the president or blaming whoever – you know, that's not the way. No matter what has happened in your past, it's still your responsibility to deal with it. And, you know, we could spend a couple hours going over the whole, uh, you know, is it a gift or, or um, you know, or dealing with forgiveness, but that, that's a whole separate thing. But if you can get to the point where you realize that there's a difference uh, between whose fault it is, and taking responsibility some, to take action to deal with it and getting some coaching, getting some help. There's not a successful person in the world that has not gotten help in some ways, uh, being coached in some way, whether they're CEO of a company, whether they're a musician or a, an athlete. Um, they all have coaches to get them to where they want. They see the next spot they want to get to. They want to get on the, uh, you know, they want the gold medal. They want the World Series. They want the, uh, the, uh, the acquire a new company and, and evolve like that. So they're going to get some coaching on how to do that, how to manage, go from managing 100 people to managing 2,000 people. How does one do that? Well, you get some help and some coaching and you walk through it. And why wouldn't we get coaching to help with our mental and emotional state? You know, I usually ask people when I'm doing workshops and things, you know, how much of life is a mental and emotional game? And I get back, you know, 60%, 70%, 80%, 90% of life, relationships, work, children, uh, wanting to move into a, a, the career you want, all that kind of stuff, uh, 60 to 90% is a mental and emotional game. So why aren't we working on that? Why aren't we taking the action and being patient with ourselves and having the vision to correct our, our thinking habits if we're stuck in misery and we're stuck in anger and we're stuck in sadness, why not just take the time every day like you would working out or exercising your body? Why aren't we exercising our mind and our emotions? Because neurons that fire together wire together. So if we start firing these neurons and they start connecting for happiness and for successful thinking and for all these other ways we want to see ourselves and we start connecting those and wiring those neuron patterns and firing those, they get stronger and they faster and neurons that don't fire together, don't wire together. So these habits of thinking and, and feeling the depression, the anger, feeling misery, um, 
they start to fade away because we're not using them as much anymore. And hopefully someday we don't use them at all. You know, uh, it takes 90 seconds for the chemical bath, the, the emotional chemical bath to run its course through your body. So after 90 seconds or so, if you're still feeling angry at the traffic or that your kids uh, forgot to tell you about the, the homework until Sunday night at 9 p.m. or at the coworkers or at the meeting, if you're still feeling that emotional state after 90 seconds, that means you're looping it on purpose because you want to feel that anger. And so there's got to be a method for you to stop that emotional bath continuing over and over again. You know, and I don't know if, if, if you need to do like some sort of releasing method like EFT or you have to have this toolbox, whether it's um, a releasing method like uh, Byron Katie's The Work or the Sedona Method with uh, Hal, Hale Dwoskin or uh, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, writing in a journal, um, doing something, some sort of toolbox so that when all of a sudden you find yourself with those angry thoughts, do you have a playlist of music to get you into a better mood? Do you have some funny videos to watch on YouTube that you can access really quickly, watch some Seinfeld bloopers or something. Do you, you have to have some sort of crisis plan and also look at uh, you know what uh, heroin addicts are told to do. They are given this uh, acronym called HALT and every time a heroin addict, and this probably works for, for alcoholics and other things, but every time they're wanting to get another hit of heroin, every time they want to take a drink, they ask themselves, Halt. Are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Look at these things. Have you not eaten uh, you know, for a few hours? Maybe you're having low blood sugar and that's affecting your mood. Are you angry at something and you need to deal with that emotion? Let it go in some way. Write down in a journal. Do the EFT. Do the releasing methods. Some sort of thing. Call a friend. Um, are you lonely? Have you not just seen anybody who's a friend for a, a long time? Give somebody a phone call. Are you tired? Maybe you just you know start rearranging your schedule to the point where you really are getting seven, eight, uh, nine hours of sleep a night. So emotions are there to really give you a clue as to what's going on in your life. Sort of like the check engine light. So it, and unfortunately, just like the check engine light, something like depression or anger might actually not actually tell you what the issue is. Just that there's an issue that needs to be dealt with. And for a lot of us, at least for me, for 25 years, I would put a little uh, happy face sticker over the check engine line, and I would ignore it, which, of course, doesn't really help anything. And you're on your long road trip, and all of a sudden your car falls apart. So oh, I guess I should have checked the, done something about the check engine line. The same thing with our emotions. It's our subconscious mind trying to get our conscious mind to look at a situation, so, so, sort of like physical pain in the body. If uh, you know you have an injury, your body, your subconscious mind wants your conscious mind to look at some sort of injury on your body. Same with the emotional pain. Your body knows there's a situation, there's an issue that needs to be dealt with, needs to be dealt with soon. Otherwise, it's just going to crank up the intensity, and it needs to be dealt with. Unfortunately, sometimes it it doesn't really tell you what the issue is. That's why having a coach. Uh, you know, having a group of friends to sit around and talk with, having a mastermind group. Uh, I can't tell you that the amount of success skyrocketed in my life when I started meeting with a couple of friends who were kind of on the same path that I was, dealing with similar situations, 
and we would meet once a week and discuss whether it was kind of business stuff or emotional stuff or family stuff and we sit and we talk about it and we help each other out because sometimes you can see something that the other person can't you know who are you hanging out with you know you're pretty much uh, you know a conglomeration of the five people you hang out with health wise uh, financially and emotionally so if you're hanging around a bunch of complainers who are broke and, and unhealthy it's a good chance that you're probably kind of miserable and, and unhealthy and broke as well because you don't want to make the other people feel uncomfortable. If, if there's a group of people who complain constantly and whine and moan and are unhealthy and they're overweight and they smoke and they're broke and they constantly can't pay their bills and you're making tons of money and you're happy and you go running every day, are they going to want you in their, their group or not? No. You, don't, you guys don't fit. So look at who you're hanging out with. You know, what, what books do they have you looking at? What TV shows do you watch? Uh, what do you have, what do you, what, you whine and complain about problems and government and the news and all this stuff and other people. You gotta find a group of people who are supportive and are on the same track that you wanna be, that, that align with the vision that you wanna create. And that might be some hard choices to have to make, but. Again, it's, it's one of the things, how badly do you want your vision? If you've made this decision and you've made this commitment to create this new life, then you know some hard choices may have to be made. And this is, this is where a coach comes in handy. Real co uh, you know, I, I always like to bring up uh, Tiger Woods because a lot of people at least know his story if don't follow his career. But a few years ago, he didn't all of a sudden stop. Uh, you know, he didn't forget how to... Uh, put a, a golf ball or swing a golf ball. He didn't have hip problems and all of a sudden he couldn't stand cricket. No, he, he created some turmoil in his, in his family life and he lost the mental game and the emotional game. And he went from the number one golfer in the world to you know, the 359th golfer in the world. And it's only been recently within the last year or so that he started winning games again and on a consistent basis. And it's, and it's not because he didn't have the great coaches to show him how to swing a golf club. He could hire anybody he wanted. He lost the emotional edge and the mental edge. And it's only recently that he's done whatever he's, work he's needed to do on himself and with his family, and he's showing up in his game again. So why aren't we doing it? If, if the mental game and the emotional game is 60 to 70 to 90% of life, our life, why are we not working on it every day? Why are we not creating these neuron patterns to, for, for happiness, for joy, for success? Why do we keep replaying these anger patterns, these patterns of feeling miserable? Um, and um, I don't know, it, it's, it's, it's so important to take the time every day to do it. And well, Craig, talk, I, yeah. I'm, I'm really... Um, I'm so grateful to you to, to be willing to share your story because I think you're absolutely right that many people struggle with varying levels of depression, some very severe and some mild and everything in between. And I really want to emphasize what you said about making a decision because I have found in my life that a decision is actually even more powerful than a goal or something a decision means I'm going to do this. That's it. 
and and it's like it's done. Now you just have to outplay it in the physical, but you yeah. make that decision, and that's such an important, powerful um, step to take. And sometimes it's difficult for people in this deep depression. And you went to the bottom yourself. You you contemplated taking your life. So there there you know when you're at the bottom, sometimes the only way to go is up. And it is important to surround yourself, like you say, with people or with some support system. Reach out somewhere if you're struggling with with this level of depression. So Craig. Thank you so much, Craig, again, for being with us today and sharing your story. And thank you, everybody, uh, for being with us again. And any last comment, Craig? No, I just so appreciate what you're doing, Nancy, because I to uh, do all this work just to help other people who you may not even know or ever, even meet ever uh, is, is incredible to changing the world into a better place. So I so appreciate what you're doing. And I so appreciate you asking me to be on it too. Uh, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. And we appreciate you for being here with us and sharing your wisdom and your, your journey in life. So thank you everybody once again. And until next time, keep an open mind, a generous heart, and a powerful spirit. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, Please subscribe, download, and comment. I'd love to hear from you, and your support is much appreciated. And don't forget, go to nancyshowalter.com to get your free electronic copy of my book, It's Okay to Be Rich, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Increased Wealth and Personal Mastery, endorsed by T. Harv Ecker. And my free mini course, How to Speak Your Success, The Shocking Truth of How Your Words Impact Achieving Your Goals. I'll see you next week.